Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Ali Moreno. Of course, this week sees the final round of matches in the group stages of the Champions League. We saw eight games today. I suppose the big one at Old Trafford. Manchester United had to beat Bayern Munich and hope that Copenhagen would draw against Galatasaray to see Ten Hag's team through to the next round. Neither of those things happened. Copenhagen won. Manchester United lost. They were terrible throughout the whole match. In the end, Bayern Munich winning by one goal to Kingsley Coleman with the goal, meaning that it's Bayern and Copenhagen who advance to the draw. Uh, Mark Ogden is with us with the dodgy internet, so this could be fun. Jan uh, Fjortov uh, with us as well. Uh, Craig, that was a great 90 minutes. Oh, I, mean, I, I have to be honest, I just loved all the games up there on the screen. It was just so exciting, you know, final, final day at the office in the Champions League. I think, really, there is some congratulations in order here. If we go the other way, because it's, it's actually quite an achievement for Manchester United to finish bottom of that group. Right. Trust me. There is some achievement to finish bottom of that group. Bayern Munich, by the way, have struggled a little bit in Germany. Yeah. They're not the they lost 5 1 at the weekend. That's quite Hammered by Eintracht Frankfurt. Galatasaray, I've got no recent history in the Champions League. And Copenhagen, you know, they're a workman light side, but, you know, the budget's very small. In comparison, and yet they finished bottom of the group, having lost the most amount of goals by any English team ever in the group stages. I mean, there's nothing else to say, but it was unexpected, and it's an embarrassment. Uh, Ten Hag said they didn't deserve to lose. Ah, oh, well. Eric, you, you're not helping yourself, Eric. <laughs> Look, and, and the stats will tell you a story, but I think if you just want to focus on something... This was a match that Manchester United needed to win, regardless of what happened at Copenhagen. Manchester United needed to give themselves a chance, an opportunity to win. In order to do that, early on in the match, I was expecting, I don't know why, but I was expecting that Manchester United were going to come out and were going to contest and were going to compete and challenge 50-50 balls and win duels so that at the very least you get Old Trafford behind you, believing that this was possible. And what did we see from Manchester United? watching Bayern Munich play and have possession of the ball. It's almost as if this team has already accepted their fate. That they are resigned to the fact they're a bad team. They've accepted it. And now you're just going through the motions. And yes, you run around and you put some endeavor just enough to get through, but but not enough to challenge anybody in particular. In that quote, post-game, he also said that the team showed spirit. I watch Manchester United play, and there is no spirit. There is no soul. There is no life in this team. There is no sparkle. There is no fire. There is nothing. There is an acceptance of being a bad team. And once the players accept that, and the manager seems to be accepting that as well, even though he may say something differently, and the fans themselves, they've accepted it as well. They're resigned to the realities of Manchester United. There's nowhere to go here. 
Nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. Manchester United, simply put, they're a bad team without any sort of soul, without any sort of spirit, without any fire. Mark, it almost felt like a pre-season friendly. It was weird. There was so much apathy in the crowd, on the pitch. There was no spirit, as, as Ali said. It was a weird game. Yeah, I mean, Ali's 100% right in how he sums it up. You know, the, there is no spirit. And the way that Ten Hag was talking was like a, a manager in the FA Cup that's just taken a, a League Two side to the Premier League and he's been really proud of the spirit and the effort of his players, but never had a chance of competing. So, I mean, listen, I I think that's this is one of the worst Man United teams I've ever seen. And certainly in the Premier League era, you know, they've had bad times under David Moyes and Ralph Rannick and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but there's such a lack of quality and a lack of... There's just lack of everything. There's just nothing there. I mean, you know, you know, they've wasted so much money on so many players. You know, Anthony's you know eighty odd million pound waste of money. Rasmus Hoyland, you feel sorry for the guy because nobody knows what he is because they're not they're not passing the ball to him. He's not getting chances. And when they're bringing Hannibal on from the bench, you know, Hannibal spent last season alone at Birmingham in the Championship. He's a Championship player. He's not. A, he's not a Premier League player. He's not a Champions League player. But this is what United have resorted to now. They're, they're a team of you know, cast-offs and patch-up players and kids that aren't good enough. And, you know, ultimately you get what you pay for, don't you? And United have... Well, sorry, United don't. United don't get what they pay for. They get they spend a lot of money and get, get ripped off. But, you know, if, if you're buying patch-up players like Amrabat and Johnny Evans, you're going to end up in this situation where you're so far adrift of everybody else. And I dread to think what's going to happen at Anfield on Sunday, but tonight was an example of United being given a chasing by a team that's much better than them. Jan, Jan, were you surprised by the manner of the defeat at all today? Absolutely. And I think that I, I had the pleasure, or maybe not always the pleasure, to play against the best Manchester United teams. And the only things that are left from that time is the shirt and the badge. Imagine the thing that you spend the whole last season trying all you can to get into Champions League. That is your only aim. Top four is a magical thing. We have to be top four. We have to be there. That is the next step. Uh, Manchester United should always be in the Champions League. So you get to the Champions League. You're so lucky, like the boys are saying. Uh, a great group for them. This is not group of death. This is great of opposite of death. You, you get, I mean, and that is, that is life. no disrespect. That is life, life, life in that group. And that is no disrespect to Copenhagen because if you see the games Copenhagen has done this round, even against Bayern Munich at home, they, they deserve to win that game. Galatasaray, yes, they have their history, they have their passion and everything. And Bayern will always there. So this were Manchester United. So Man- Manchester United come down in a situation that they are last in the group. So today or tonight, there was a theory Maybe if they win at home against a team that lost 5-1, 5-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt, they could hold for a draw. That could happen in Copenhagen between Copenhagen and Galatasaray. So what do they do? They come out and do nothing. And I think that what is most, well, I'm not sure if it's annoying or it's, it's, uh, they get irritated, is this Denton Hag that I've said before, I... I I like the way he, he said when he came there, I, w- I will do this, I will do that. Well, Ten Hag, there is no way that this is Ajax. There is no way this is Manchester United. I'm just wondering how what you tried to do. Today, there was nothing, and I'm with the boys. It's hard to get after the three boys slaughtering them as, as they did. But today, there were nothing. I didn't see anything. And I, I think that that is scaring to see. And having said that, I think Mark said it well. You get what you pay pay for, except at Manchester United at the Chelsea Football Club. If Harry Kane has gone and speak to the English media, and I presume he has, 
The only words he needs to say is, thank God this lot didn't bid for me properly in the summer. Because you know I was a big advocate of, well, and I think rightly so, United had to go yeah, big. For, for big big top quality players. And, and Rasmus Hoyland, you know, needs somebody that he can lean on, that he can come off the bench or play in the odd game. He's not going to carry that, that front line. And so I was a big advocate of going for these big players, which they didn't do. They went and they spent their money in, in all these different areas that we can, I think we know they didn't really need them to be fair. And so Harry Kane has dodged a bullet there. But let, let's be honest, there's no, there's no point this team even being in European football this year. Right. It's just too big for them. Even the Europa League's too much for them. They can't handle most of the teams in the Premier League. So, so let me ask you this. Do you get, ten, get rid of Ten Hag now? Well, he's going, to manage against, he's going to manage the Liverpool game at the weekend, isn't he? But I would be surprised if that's going to be anything other than a bit of a drubbing at the moment. Right. I mean, I just don't see an avenue for, for anything else, to be quite frank with you. Uh, and then, where they go, I, I don't know. Well, that's not ideal, is it? You know, at you know, Christmas you know, period. I'm looking at this investment partial investment by Sir Jim Ratcliffe and you have to ask yourself and these are, these are big business people is he really getting value for money for what he's putting into what he's getting because there is so much work needs done both on the field and off the field it's millions if not billions so I hope he knows what he's getting to sell in for because what's on the field it's dreadful. What will it take for Ten Hag not to be in charge if, when we kick off the new year, Mark? I mean, look, I think there's two things that are saving Ten Hag right now. The fact that there's nobody upstairs to make a decision because the Glazers are waiting for the Jim Ratchet thing to be done. And the fact that there's not really a, an obvious successor. I mean, we, we had the situation two years ago with Solskjaer and they brought in Ralph Rannick and that was a disaster. So... If there was an obvious candidate out there, if, if a Thomas Tuchel, for instance, was out of work like he was a couple of years ago, then there you go. But So there's a, there's a void above him and there's a lack of obvious candidates to replace him. But results can't carry on like this. Results are so bad. But there, there are other things that you have to factor in. So obviously, the sack another manager, it costs money to sack a manager. United owe around £300 million on outstanding payments and transfer fees. So they've got that fact. They've got a lot of debt to serve it. They've also... Uh, the Glazers apparently have taken over Mars. <laughs> yes, yes. I think they've pulled the plug. So Jim Ratcliffe needs to put a couple of billion into his internet. Uh, I hope he's kept the receipt. Uh, you, you look at these names and, and you just you don't, you don't see why, Jan. Why would they go? No, they won't. I mean, Zinedine Zidane has been very good at building his career. Why should he go to Manchester United and die? Graham Potter has tried the same <laughs> at Chip. Try the same as Chelsea. Oh, I go to another club that I spent billion on players. Nobody knows how what I can do. Julian Nagelsmann is busy enough to try to save Germany before the Euros. I mean, must be the worst German team in the history of football. And instead of <laughs> taking them into their home, uh, that is a- enough challenge for him. So he's locked up to till the summer. So no, nobody will go. There will be managers saying that they want to go to Manchester United, but they're certain that. We, what, what will save him is there are so many trouble and problems at Manchester United now to fire the managers. Just uh, okay, but it's just like okay, you did that. Okay, what about that? Now that we take later. Yeah, what about that? Now we don't know. We don't know. And this third Jim Ratcliffe guy, 
every week I read, next week he'll be in. He, he must be thinking, I, I can't get in. I, I, I can't get in. I will lose my cert title if I get into that club. He's waiting for a win. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. some, good luck. Of some, of some, uh, good luck. Of some repute. Uh, is there nobody at this club? Is there anybody at this football club that wears this suit and is able to make decisions, watches the team, but then listens to the manager? Well, clearly not. The evidence is... is and then says, this is a manager who says we've played well when they haven't. This is a manager who said we're not consistent enough to, to even compete and beat the likes of Bournemouth at home. This is a manager who's waffled and waffled and waffled. And last year actually spoke some sense. But it was maybe easier for him. Now he's been found floundering. And he hasn't got the answer. And he's leaving out World Cup winners and Rafael Varane for the likes of Johnny Evans, not tonight, I know, but for the likes of Johnny Evans, who was scratching around for a club in the summer at, at 36, and Harry Maguire, who was surplus to requirements. He's playing players out of position. His he's fingerprints are on the signing of Anthony and, and others. Uh, and then he comes out and makes no sense in the press. So why, why would you keep him? Apart from the fact you just don't want to throw away more money after all the money that you've already wasted on players. That's the only reason, because can, you tell, can anybody tell me that they would have any confidence in, in uh, Eric Ten Hag turning this around? Not with what you watch on the field and not what you listen to in press conferences. It's clueless. Uh, meanwhile, Bayern went into this game knowing they'd already won, but they came into this game off the back, as, as Jan mentioned, a 5-1 defeat. This was an absolute gift, wasn't it? Exactly what you wanted after that sort of defeat. To go to somewhere like Old Trafford, get a result. Look, see, we're not as bad as everybody thought. Right, and not only that, but they're playing Stuttgart this weekend. Yeah, who are the surprise package. Correct, and Stuttgart have been flying in Bundesliga. And so it was surprising to see that Thomas Tuchel said, no, 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 we're going to put our best team out there because, again, you play Stuttgart this weekend. But it wasn't surprising in the sense that you just got destroyed by Eintracht Frankfurt. And the last time that we saw Bayern Munich being embarrassed was losing to Saarbrücken, third division team in the Pokal. And what was their reaction? To go and destroy Dortmund. Mm. So, look, eventually, I think Bayern Munich is going to get better than what they were today. If Leroy Sané had had a good game today, he probably would have had two or three goals himself. That wasn't quite the case. I don't think it was a fantastic game from Bayern Munich, but it didn't need to be because... Guess what? The, the, the game was played at a pace that was comfortable for them, comfortable enough that it felt like a training session, comfortable enough to where they could get enough touches and build enough confidence and win the game and feel good about themselves going into the weekend. And so, yeah, from the perspective of Thomas Tuchel, you, you sell it as we went to Old Trafford, we beat Manchester United, it was the preparation that we needed ahead of Stuttgart this weekend. I heard an absolute classic at the end, and it wasn't Jan, because Jan wasn't there. Oh. But Thomas Tuchel, and I don't know how he kept a straight face, and his interview was asked, how does yeah. it feel off the back of the Frankfurt game to take a scalp like Manchester United? Wow. And I'm thinking, he's doing his best not to laugh, because he could have turned... I mean, they're a pub team. Yeah. They are yeah. a pub team at the moment, and so it's is, it is getting... Listen, it would have been an embarrassment for them and that's what we were talking about yesterday, that, that they had to have, and it wasn't a great performance from them, but it didn't have to be. Mm. First gear, second gear, whatever it was. But they couldn't afford another embarrassment off the back of the Frankfurt game. And quite frankly, it never looked like it was going to be one. As Craig but says, second gear sums it up quite nicely, doesn't it, Jan? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to give it to Bayern. They haven't lost a group stage game in the Champions League since 2017. I mean, that is an unbelievable stat. And I was, it was interesting, uh, reading the German media, uh, or interview with the players before the game. They all look forward to go to Old Trafford. Wow. They go into the Holy Grail, the theater mm. of dreams and everything. And all they met was 11 shirts that were put on the pitch. I mean, that is nothing. Do you know the Germans and the foreigners, when they, when you come to Old Trafford, when you come to Manchester United, it's all about the tradition. It's all about the folklore. And I think what, what's going on now, I mean, what can end up with Ten Hag struggling for his job is that it's all getting him embarrassing. Because the thing is that Manchester United on one department, on one uh, is that they are earning money. They are still a great, great brand around the world. People know about Manchester United, but you can't keep on being embarrassed as you are. Well, it's not embarrassing losing against Bayern, maybe, but it's embarrassing how you lose against Bayern, that you you showed it yourself. They're still looking for Bruno Fernandes' ball after that best finish they had in the whole game. So that is Manchester United 2023. Bournemouth is one thing. Now you come into Liverpool game. Oh, there must be some Manchester United fans thinking going up that M62. That must be a terrible road for them thinking of, of Sunday. I know, can, can, I, I know Augie said it and I know Rob Dawson has said it uh, but I, I, I don't see how they can go to Liverpool if they get hammered and he can survive. But who's making that decision? That's what the point is. There's no director of sport at the moment because Sir Jim Radcliffe, Sir Jim, is going to come in and bring his sporting director. I, but, so who's going to do the sacking? Well, there has to be somebody there. I mean, no one is the one there. I just don't see how you can go up there. It might not happen. It might be somehow. It might be a close game. But if Liverpool spank them, I just don't see by the reaction of the fans and the media and and, and all these recent results. I just don't see how this club can sit back and say. We're not going to do anything. I, I, just, I just can't see it. Maybe there's a hardcore fan out there that says, hold on a second, but we only lost one nothing to Bayern Munich. Maybe, maybe we, right. it was a tight result. We, we were there. No, you weren't. And that's, I think, that, I think, is the point here, and, it, and it's something that Jan was alluding to, is, is how you lose. They were never close. No. And, and the result may just be one nothing, but they, it might as well have been 10 nothing because that's the difference between Bayern Munich and Manchester United right now. And Manchester United and most teams right now, most teams that are at the elite level, they're playing at a different level than Manchester United are and, th- and that Manchester United will be in the foreseeable future. So the one nothing result I don't think tells the whole story of what the game was like and how clear the gap exists between the elite teams and whatever Manchester United is right now. Chelsea and Man United are really... I don't know about you guys. They're really boring the pants off me right now. Because <laughs> I feel that we have to come in here... 20 minutes of the show, we've talked about United. <laughs> and, and say the same thing about two clubs that have just been run terribly. Terribly. have just, And both have done the same thing, if you've noticed. Splashed the cash and recruited terribly. Both of them. And neither of the two of them are in Europe now. Chelsea obviously weren't in Europe, and United are now not in it. And it's just so tedious to have to come in here. And people think we enjoy it. I prefer talking about Tottenham and how they're playing. I prefer talking about Newcastle and adversity with all these injuries. I prefer talking about Arsenal and Aston Villa and how Unai Emery's doing a great job. But we can't. They're such big stories, but they're so obvious. It's so obvious. And every now and again, they get a result. One of them gets a result, 
and they go, see, see, <laughs> we, we, we're not that bad. No, 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 you are bad. You're rotten to the core at the moment. Absolutely both these clubs are rotten to the core with ownerships and people that think they know what they're doing and think just because they've got money and they can spend money, they can make it work. Sure. Well, that, that's sure. not how it works these days. Uh, put your pants sure. back on, Craig, because there was entertainment today, of what? course, as we mentioned, I'm in sorry, Denmark, what? Copenhagen against Galatasaray. This was a winner-takes-all tie, and in the end, it was the host. Incredible atmosphere uh, in the stadium. Oh, no, it showed the empty bits. At the other end, I should <laughs> promise you, there was a brilliant atmosphere. <laughs> They're arguing here making it 1-0. It's a really good combination down the left-hand side, eventually... My kind of range, three yards out, tap in, beautiful finish. Yeah, fantastic celebrations in the snow as Copenhagen qualify for the round of 16 for the first time since 2011. On Thursday, you'll be able to hear Gab's dream draw, I imagine, ahead of the uh, Champions League draw on Friday. Be sure to check that out in the Gab and Jules podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. But who will win the Champions League? City 2-1, Bayern Munich at 4s, Real Madrid 6-1, Arsenal 7-1. It's a conspiracy. Outsiders, I would say. What, conspiracy? Because Inter are 20 one Inter are 20. Inter are going to have a tough group uh, draw, aren't they? Given that they well, finished second Don in was on group. Ryan Abura and um, several others. Uh, Jan, who's more likely to win the Champions League, Real Madrid or Arsenal? Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid is a better team. Uh, I think they have shown uh, now with Bellingham, with uh, with the uh, way they just approached that game as well. Union Berlin, if they won, they could have got a third place. They won one in the Bundesliga. But you see that team, so many great players. They're, so, they're a broad squad. For my, me, the favourite, even um, more favourite than Manchester City. Really, Jan? Are you, uh, yes. you serious? Like Real Madrid or Arsenal? I'd have Arsenal over Real Madrid. You definitely. Been, you've been De- on no, the. Uh, no, honestly. You've been taking some. Uh, well, I need to be careful. No, wait, wait, no, no. What's he been taking? Where have you been today? We've seen a lot of Real Madrid no, this season. I like season. Arsenal. Don't get me I wrong. I just I mean, don't know. No, uh, if, we've all seen a lot of Real Madrid. 
It's the right. experience. It's the nows. Right, it's the well, nows and the experience. We've seen more of Atletico Madrid. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like us. Uh, <laughs> it's the nows. You don't think it's a valid question? But I, think the, I think a more valid question is Real Madrid and Man City. Really? <laughs> i tell you what. So, you just said about Real Madrid, a bit unconvincing. Bellingham's been bailing them out. Bailing them out. Yes. I'll give you that. Right. Uh, Talk to me about Man City. Well, if, if I'm going to use your argument as to why Manchester City is still going to win the league, Kevin De Bruyne is still to come back. You know, they've still got to find that rhythm. Benitez which they is have still found. to come back. Say again? Benitez is to come back. No, I understand that, but there's an argument that Real Madrid being better without argu- Venetia. Right, I think Rodrigo. the argument for me and Ar- with Arsenal, apart from City, if we were looking at the Arsenal angle, is Real Madrid's experience right. in this competition. Okay. And Arsenal's lack of it. Right. Both strong sides. But the nous they have and the manager mm. just, for me, gives them the edge. Without being convinced about yeah. them, don't get well, me wrong. Who would, you, who would you choose in my... Uh, Real Madrid. Right. And, and the reason I would do that is because I look at what the strength of Real Madrid is, and it's the midfield and the core group of players that they have in that midfield. What would be the strongest part of Arsenal? I would also say the midfield. But if you put those together against each other, I'm taking Real Madrid right. in winning that battle and winning that fight and being able to break through and expose what can be sometimes a midfield that doesn't defend all that well from Arsenal. If you get them stretched, then Arsenal gets into trouble. You get in a back and forth with Real Madrid, that's asking for trouble as well, given the fact that you have Rodrigo and you have Vinicius and you have Bellingham supporting from behind. That's why I see Real Madrid as a team that, in the, in the case of Arsenal, matches up a whole lot better than they would against, say, for example, Manchester City. I, I think they've all got to up their game. I think the standard and overall I, is not where it's and, been and, over the previous years. Bayern Munich, maybe more than most. Mm. Yeah, where are they? Were they third in the betting there? Yeah. Were they third? I think that were. seems yeah, I think ridiculous. I, I, and, I, and I wonder whether how many more gears they have. Yeah, I, I, you know because yeah, they looked the prob- okay tonight, but I, I, I'm not convinced about them. Fine, a second. I, I think, yeah. yeah, but. I think that the, the main thing, a second, yeah, you see, you see them here, but, but if you see that defense, Upamakano was okay today, but Upamakano and Kim against Frankfurt, they were, pl- they, I thought they were blind. The positioning they had, <laughs> I've, I've never seen something like it. It was like, I, I can't, I couldn't believe that experienced players like Upamakano and Kim could be so bad. And if, if for Arsenal, I think what will, will miss Arsenal is that big striker who will score them there. Goal in the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the final. You need that kind of big guy uh, t- to do that. And then I think it's a fair point with Angelotti. Uh, you have an advantage in terms of the manager because to win the Champions League, you can't just do that on a, an inexperienced road to, to a trophy. So the reason that you have Real Madrid almost ahead of Manchester City is because Erling Haaland's forgotten how to score, Jan? Uh, I, I thought you should come the other way. I thought you should come that he didn't score in the semi-final and the final last season and still want to travel and score like 200 goals. But yeah, no, I think that is one of the main things that, that Manchester City will go further than Arsenal in, in, that, in, in the Champions League because they have a number nine, they have an, an Alvarez, they have so many players who can score goals. And I think that that will be the problem also for Arsenal coming into if they don't do anything in the transfer window in January. Their problem with when they're going to compete to now with Liverpool and Manchester City and maybe Aston Villa I don't think they will go all the way but still the other teams got so many strikers who can score goals well Real Arsenal will have maybe one maybe one on a good day well Jesus will have to step up won't he I mean, yeah, can he score plays. 30 can he score 30 can he score 25 
Craig? Well, not between January and the end of the season. <laughs> if he does that, he's going to win the Ballon d'Or. But uh, his link-up play is great, but you know they've got two wide players. They've got Martin Odegaard. I'd, I'd like to see him just a little bit more central, a little bit more often. I mean, I love <coughs> when he comes out and he, and he links up, but the more he's in that penalty box, clearly the bigger chance he is of getting the goals that Arsenal need. And, and the point that Jan makes about Ancelotti, I think, is a very valid one, that when you get in the latter stages of the competition, I think you begin to appreciate the calmness mm. of Ancelotti. And it didn't help last year, though. They only got tanked by City. Okay, hold on. I thought we were talking about Arsenal. No, I'm just saying. Well, well, hold on. It, so look, are you changing the argument? No, we're just talking about I prospects just, and experience and Ancelotti and this, well, but that didn't happen last year. Okay, did it? But, but it did the year before, Dan. So if we're going to have this conversation, then <laughs> how far do you want to go back? And I, I said, I, I told you, see, you don't listen to me when I, when I tell you things. Right? I just told you that I don't like Real Madrid and their matchup with Manchester City. Mm-hmm. But in talking about Arsenal right. and going back to the original point that I was trying to make before I was so broadly interrupted is the fact that you have in Ancelotti a lot of experience, a lot of calmness and you have in Arteta a guy who's got that nervous energy going on and with that nervous energy he tends to make decisions that you kind of go, what in the world is going on here? You don't get that from Carlo Ancelotti, certainly in the latter stages of this competition. Uh, The draw is on Friday. Exciting, won't it? Interesting to see what's going to happen there. What time? Uh, I don't know. Oh, all right. What time it starts and what time it finishes is very different. (laughs) Uh, ESPN FC has a YouTube channel. If you'd like to check it out, be sure to go over to YouTube and then search for ESPN FC and then click on subscribe. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Group F, of course, was uh, the group of death when the draw was made uh, back in August. And it certainly proved to be thoroughly entertaining. As it stands, it will go down to the wire. Borussia Dortmund taking on PSG. So this is how it stands. Oh, go, you, oh, you don't want to take it back to me explain what's going to happen. Right, so don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, Newcastle have to win and hope that PSG don't beat Dortmund to give them a chance of advancing then to the next round. Uh, Jan has gone for a win. Marcus out. Oh, Shaka, for some reason, has got involved in this. Uh, he obviously believes Newcastle's going to uh, win. Craig? Well, it's is- funny because when I spoke to Shaq uh, yesterday before the show and I said, Newcastle are out of steam. They're really out of steam, big man. He went, yeah, yeah, out of steam. Yep. So where's the steam came from? Well, I don't know. Shaka. Well, let's ask Jan. Jan, where is, ears. where is Newcastle's steam going to come from? Yeah, but uh, St. James's Park. Is that a good question? Uh, good answer? I think that they well, will do that. Well, they're not playing, though, are they, Jan? Oh, they are. When you, when you play Newcastle, you feel that you are playing against them, and I've done that in the Champions League as well. This is, the, like you said, a group of death uh, in, in opposite of Manchester United in group of life, as we were saying. So this is, they should have been through already. 
if it wasn't for that referee that or VAR, VIR, in Paris. So I certainly hope that Newcastle will make it and they will have a great game. Based on their game uh, against Tottenham, there is no chance in the world that will happen. But we know <laughs> they've had that, they, but they've had that, uh, they've had that uh, skill to do that at home. So uh, I, 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 we have all, uh, me and Craig have been playing there. We know when we come there, it can be very intimidating if... If the crowd get going and the intensity of the Newcastle uh, team will be going, and I, I think they could um, could notice that, they will find out. Went to Everton, played the same team, got hammered. Went to Tottenham, played the same team. But that's away from home. This is St. James's. This is Jan's point, isn't it? Yeah, but there's just completely nothing left in the tank with these players, in my opinion. So you might get 20 minutes out of them, half an hour of a lively crowd, which AC Milan could soak up, and I don't see Newcastle doing it. No. No. What did you go for, Ali? I wasn't paying attention. Uh, well, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. That's, it's very common around here. 1-1 uh, draw. Oh, damn. And, and, yeah, the first 20, 25 minutes for Newcastle. What I'm seeing is maybe they score a goal and then hang on the rest of the way. And they do just enough to get a draw out of it. And I think there is some justice that is owed here to Newcastle, given what happened against PSG at PSG. And then perhaps they somehow they find a way to backend themselves into some sort of situation in which they can get into Europa League. Uh, by the way, the draw is on Monday, not Friday. That's uh, my mistake. Oh, I'd, 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 do Friday now. I'd like to apologise for misleading it. <laughs> Good research, Dan. Good research. <laughs> Craig's poo dogs. The dogs were ready to be taken out on Friday. No, no they have to wait no. till Monday. No, Stay home. You normally work Monday. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Lovely, yeah. Oh, well, I'll sort that out. <laughs> that's, that's lovely, isn't it? Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in the group, PSG need a result against Dortmund to guarantee themselves a place in the knockout stages. Let's see what's happening here. Mark, who, who has disappeared when he started having to go to the Glaciers. So. Oh, to be fair, the, Looking at Mark Oggy's shot, it was best that he left. <laughs> Looking at his camera shot, yeah, it was best that he left. That's fair enough. Ali, you're the only one going for a PSG win. Well, I, I suppose that I'm the only one who's been watching Dortmund play every single week since we have oh. to keep a very close eye on it. And let me just tell you. Oh. We know Champions League Dortmund's <laughs> very different yeah, uh, exactly. to your Dortmund. Yeah, uh, yes, but it's hard. It's hard to separate the two when you watch this team defend or in the case of what is a Dortmund, not defend. It, it, this is a team that has so many difficulties in transition, and I just don't like the matchups of anybody who plays in that back line in a 1v1 situation against Kylian Mbappe. Eventually, Mbappe, I think, comes up too big for PSG, and Dortmund just simply can't keep up. Uh, what do you think, Jan? I'm not 100% agree uh, with you, Al. Uh, I, I, I can, can see what you're saying and why you're saying that, but it's quite interesting at Dortmund at the moment when they, when they come into Champions League, it's like Terzic will go into the direction of, OK, Thank you to the Bundesliga team. You can go with the second team uh, on the other ground. Uh, here is the Champions League team coming in because they've been good there. But as Ali's saying, when, when you saw the sprint of Mats Hummels when he got sent off at the weekend, you're thinking Mbappé can kind of run around him uh, when you do that. Uh, uh, Süle doesn't look uh, there as well. Schlotterbeck, I mean, how he was tricked out by Paulsen uh, against Leipzig. I mean, I've never seen something like that on that level 
ever before. I saw it maybe in a, one of these Legends games uh, once. So Mbappé must look forward to this. He will, he will kind of look where the match ball will be delivered after the game if they play like that. But I still, I still will give them the, 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 uh, the, the possibility to do a great game because it's still uh, it's, it's in Dortmund. Uh, 80,000, yellow wall, they have to get revenge from the last game they had against Leipzig and so on and so on. So, so I think that this could at least get a draw for them. They have been doing very well and they're already true. We, ha- we have to mention that as well. Yeah, very much so. So, how, how can we, how can we, yeah, yeah, yeah just, 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 what slow, are you going to say? Well, slow down. Mm-hmm. Take a breath. What do you mean, slow down? Slow down. You're, moving off, on. you're, off, like a, you're off like a train every time. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like we've done enough on this subject if now. St. James's Park, if it's all about a crowd, at, at Borussia Dortmund in St James's Park, what's what the hell's happening at Old Trafford? <laughs> what? Why did you get this back to Manchester United? <laughs> oh, that's what you interrupted me for. Oh, but how come the crowd's not? Oh, how come the crowd's not? Pearly, you started today. Look, let's get this done. I'm going to get back but to how, the dogs. How come the crowd interrupted oh, me for this? I think I've heard two arguments about how the crowd's going to push them. Right. How the crowd's? How come the crowd? It's not pushing Man United. But we're not talking about Man United. We spent 20 minutes on it. And you said Manchester United bought your pants off. (laughs) Yeah, but I found an avenue to get back there. Just... With his pants on. With the pants on. If PSG win against Dortmund, then they are through. However, if they don't, then that does open the door, certainly to Newcastle, if they win against Milan. Or if PSG lose and Milan get the victory, then it will be Milan who will go through. PSG will have to make do with the Europa League. Uh, Shaq will be here tomorrow. Are you boys here tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow? Yeah, there you go. Craig will be here. Pants on, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you to join us. As, you know, I can... No, no, no don't. No, thank don't. You. No. Uh, we'll be back to look at that. Meanwhile, after MLS Cup, Chiellini has announced his retirement. It's not a bad resume when you take a look at what he's achieved uh, during his time. Of course, a legend at Juventus, winning no less than nine at Serie A Championship, uh, twice runner-up in the Champions League. Uh, for LAFC, one last year, of course, MLS Cup, and for Italy, winning the Euros in 2020. A lot more reaction to Chiellini's retirement, plus what we saw in MLS Cup on Football Americas throughout the week. You can check that out on ESPN+. That is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. You know what I've gleaned from today? I don't know what you've gleaned from today. Tomorrow's going to be tough. <laughs> Working tomorrow as well. Uh, Jan, back with us for Extra Time, which is next. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you very much for your questions. Jan Fjortov joins us from home. Normally it's a hotel back room, uh, but he's in Norway at the moment. Ali's with us as well, and Craig's in a weird mood. So what's... That's his pants are on. So what's the difference there? Yes, yeah, so that's a bonus for everyone. Nothing weird. <laughs> you are in a bit of a weird I'm mood. I'm not in a weird mood. Yeah, you will. Just, I was extremely bored by those Champions League games today. Okay, well, good. I, I can't help that. What no. do you want me to do? I don't... I, I'm like... What do you want me to do? Sitting watching games that were, apart from Man United, was absolutely terrible. Uh, you, well, the United game was terrible. Yeah, yes. I said that. You I mean, said apart a... from Man United were terrible. No, no, no. I said they were terrible. No, but you said, I'm watching all these games apart from Man United, which was terrible. No, I'm watching all these games that meant nothing. Apart from the Man United game, that's what I meant. No, you didn't stay up. Well, you, you know, you jumped, you jumped in. <laughs> I didn't jump in. You'd finish the sentence. <laughs> So it was a bit of a dead rubber today. It was like sitting there going, oh my God. Oh, well, tomorrow we've got a couple of games that matter at least. 
the group are there. Yeah, exactly. St. James's Park. Jan's exciting. Uh, Craig United lost. Craig's working. Surprise, surprise. Is this the best case scenario for Ten Hag? With United completely out of Europe, can focus on training and the league. That's oh. a nice way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, very positive. Yeah. My schedule does say only come in. If- well, yeah, so then you come in and go, I'm bored of talking about Manchester United, <laughs> which kind of defeats the object. It's, have, you, have you noticed, Dan? I'm not, I, was, I'm not, I haven't been thinking of that, but Craig Burley is at ESPN exactly like the players are at Manchester United now. You can see his body language. You can see that he got. You can you can see that his trouble with the manager being you, and you have yeah. so much. So so he'll probably be suspended, and he can only come back when he apologises to you. Craig yeah. Burley is a Manchester <laughs> United player of TV. Yes. Yeah. A Craig Burley apology. Goodness oh, me, that'd be, that'd be a collector's that's item. Not, that's not coming. I think there's, there's more likely a Jaden Sancho apology yeah. in there. Yeah. That's the next <laughs> uh, for all, do you think it's truly fair to judge Ten Hag by the United standards of 20 years ago and not by the standards that have been left to fester over the last decade? What do you think, Jan? We've been too harsh on Ten Hag? Expectations too high? At least you weren't harsh on Oligina Solskjaer, so to be fair, uh, now you were as well. But would you see that maybe in another picture now? But but I think that in general, it, it's hard to always compare it with the 90s. And we discussed that on, on, at, the, at the show before. You can't do that all the time because the, the, it was different. You had Sir Alex Ferguson being up there, maybe the, the best manager ever in English football. So that you shouldn't be compared with. I think what Ten Hag could be compared with is Ten Hag. Because you have to see a team going out there. You have to see a progress. Yes, he did okay in his first season. Absolutely. But now you can't see anything. You can't see it. And, and the different thing is that when you see Manchester City, when you see Liverpool, when you see Aston Villa, when you see Tottenham, you see there are a team going out there. You see what they try to do. Do they, do they succeed all the time? No, they, they lose games. And when, when Postecoglou had the players out, he couldn't, couldn't get the result, but you still see what they tried to do and and I've been an advocate for for Ten Hag I think that his background he was in Bayern Munich he had a German background he then went to Ajax and now to Manchester United great background ground for an, a Manchester United manager but still the, the, he has put Anthony there he has put Onana in. He has to stand up for that. And he also has to stand up for the way they are playing at the moment because you can't see a pattern and you can't see what they try to do. It's a bit like saying Jurgen Klopp shouldn't have taken the Liverpool job because, you know, he's going to be judged on what Liverpool did in the, the great sides of the 80s and winning the European Cup. Well, you don't take the job then. Right. And I, I, it's not easy, but, you know, you you back yourself. And... You're not. He's not. We're not judging Man United against Ferguson's teams. We're judging Man United against the others in the Premier League at this current time. It's the only thing he has to judge himself against, not the past, Mm. the present, and 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 Copenhagen and Galatasaray and those teams. And and if you're going to judge yourself against yourself, then do it against last year, where with a similar group of players, you were seeing those steps that were. At the very least, a reason to believe that maybe, just maybe, this team was going in the right direction. What you don't want to see is steps going back. And that's, I think, what's become very clear this season. And so, yes, it is fair to judge Eric Ten Hag because, well, that's a responsibility of the position that comes with the territory of being the manager of Manchester United and the expectations that come with being the manager of this club. And also with the fact that you 
because of how well you did in the first year. You generated expectations of your own and you haven't been able to deliver. I remember sitting here when Ralph Ranić was manager, interim, albeit, and saying, Ralph Ranić needs to out some of these players. Yeah. He needs to out them publicly. And people say, well, oh, he can't because he doesn't have the power. He's the interim manager and he's gonna, they're just going to... They're just going to fold like a pack of cards and not try for them. Well, Ten Hag's got and has had an element of power. And there's no point sitting protecting these players going, oh, we, we played quite well today. Yeah, but he's got, his, look, he's got his problems. Martial and Rashford just happen to be ill on the same day. It's amazing. Can't, the two players that have been his biggest problem, all of a sudden both were yeah. ill yeah. for... Something going around. The biggest Champions League game. Mm-hmm. Uh, again... That they might they might be ill, I don't know. But if if it's not an illness and they're either injured or he just doesn't want them around, just come out and say it. If that's the case, just come out and say, Do you know what? I decided He did that with James Sancho and it hasn't really helped, has it? Listen, how's it gone from otherwise? Well not great. <laughs> so you might as well die in your salt here. Don't you, you know, come out Instead of saying today and after Bournemouth, you come out and say, "Listen, this ain't good enough." I take some, I take the blame, but let me tell you this: I'll be letting the players know this is unacceptable. Don't cover for them. Don't even try and cover for them. These this group of players are not worth it. They're not worth it. They've shown that to other managers. So don't try and cover for them. If you're going to go down, go down swinging. Where's Ralph Rangnick these days, Jan? What's he up to? And I'll tell you that because it's quite interesting because Ralph Rangnick's speciality is to build clubs. He has done it in a lot of clubs. He has done it in Leipzig. He has done it in the whole Red Bull atmosphere or the sphere of them. Now he went to Austria. He got all in charge of everything in Austrian FA and he's got them to the Euros. Playing brilliant football. His last result was to beat Germany 2-0. Is he the manager? He's the manager or national coach and he is everything. Wow. He's the builder of the FA. And he, he's not a bad guy. Uh, and he, some of his the analysis he did after his time at Manchester United, talking about Craig's analysis, he, he, uh, Ragnick did the same and he said it's spot on what was needed to be done and nothing has been done and here we are. Mm. Who's the best coach between Ten Hag and Pochettino, Jan? Well, first we have to define, I, I understand the question, but you have to define what is a good manager. For me, is a good manager, uh, firstly, that you make your players better. Uh, two, that you can see how a team wants to play. And then, of course, results. The results is based on a lot of, a lot of things. At the moment, I will say it's, uh, uh, it's a draw. Wow. <laughs> you big French wow. Norwegian. No, but yeah. uh, what? Well, well, Will you oh, say that wh- wh- waffle for a draw? Oh, wow. Yeah, how, how will you how, how will you put in will you say I got a club Craig Burley I will take a club now. I got two candidates. I will have them as a manager. Who will you bring in? Then you will can't bring them in, in on what is happening this season. Then you will think who has been better to kind of develop players. I guess we will then say Pochettino based on what he did at Tottenham because Ten Hag did it at Ajax. Of course, but but still, Tottenham is a is a is a better treat to do that. Or, or do, you, do you disagree, Craig? Or you will you still go for a draw and extra time? I didn't ask you for a second answer. <laughs> and who's your answer? I don't like either of them. But you've got to give me an answer. Pochettino, <laughs> Ali, I don't like, and I don't like either of them. Right. 
Pochettino. Right. At, at, at the very least, Pochettino, in his statements to the media, seems to be closer to the truth than Ten Hag. He's coming up with some waffle at the moment. Well, I, I, I said needs, closer. I didn't say the truth. I said closer. Big, closer. Yeah, so the, the latest one was the big tall players. Did you see it yesterday? I did see tall players, yeah, which made me think of Xavi and Iniesta. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Messi and uh, Cannavaro. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, tall players, small players, yeah. more players, less players. Yeah. How many players? Gordon Strachan said something similar. Oh, yeah? Scott with the national team uh, yeah. uh, a few years ago. Don't want to uh, get it wrong for the wee man, but he said something in a similar vein and was wholly pounded for it yeah. in the media. Especially as he's smaller than me. Oh, well, that, no, that's a lot. No, he is. Brighter. Pardon? Sorry. Well, he's got brighter hair. You're, you're, you're taller than Seb, though, right? Uh, yes, I'm taller than Seb because Seb has a quiff and elevated heels. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is he with those big, uh, yes. big soles? Yeah, yeah, Ricky Gervais style. <laughs> uh, right, where are I? What's, oh, this is an interesting question. Yeah. What's more humbling, losing by a huge margin or losing while the other team is almost having a training session of keeping possession? Yeah, that's sometimes I've been playing for some some clubs that didn't have a lot of possession, uh, and then then you can end up never touch the ball. I remember once when Norway played Denmark back in the this is oh maybe back in the eighties, and I'm talking about the nineteen eighties, no eighteen eighties, but it's a long long time ago. And I remember that was a team with Laudrup, Paulsen, and the great Danish teams. And I remember we were 2 0 down at home and we got a 2 1. And we thought, this is it. This is if no, and I was shouting, boys, five minutes to go. We can still make it. And then Denmark just had the ball for five minutes. We never touched the ball again. I mean, that is so embarrassing. That is so frustrating to be a part of those games. What's worse? I think losing by a huge margin. Oh, yeah. 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 I think if a team is all laying it around, there's always an opportunity to at least go and make a tackle. Yeah. Once you're six <laughs> or seven down, or maybe worse, there's nothing you can do about it. How about when you're being What's all, all, What's all your record, boys? by your own fans? Yeah, all laid from your own fans. Can't be all laid <laughs> by your own fans. That, Or that they take off one of the other team's star player and your fans give them a standing <laughs> ovation. Yeah. yeah. So I participated in a few of those. Oh, Venezuela. <laughs> against Brazil yeah. at home. Yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll do it. I, that got ugly. Okay. One of the stupidest decisions Jim Smith, and maybe not Jim Smith ever made. Signing uh, you? No, uh, <laughs> maybe. It was, uh, was probably the club. They decided to play Barcelona in a pre-season friendly. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're like, who the hell's decision was this? And we were 3-0 down. After I think 15 minutes and hadn't seen the ball, right? <laughs> it was like, and the amount of people that were putting hands up, we all suddenly had a hamstring problem, uh-huh. yes. a groin problem, yeah. was scary. <laughs> get, get me out of here. Ah. Okay, let's play hypotheticals, Jan. What position would Leverkusen be in the Premier League? Uh, based on Manchester uh, Bayern beating Manchester United. Oh, this is a good question. Uh, I will say that as Leverkusen is the only team now in the top five leagues who haven't lost, I will say they will be... PSV? The PSV not count? No, they're not in it. Don't be sure. No, nah, they're not top five league. Don't top five oh, league. Okay. I'll tell you uh, where they'll be. Third. I think it's third. Third? I was going to say third yeah. or fourth. Third? Third or fourth? Yeah. I think below them would be the answer to the next question, Ali, is where would Barcelona be? Uh, you're correct. Below Leverkusen. I think they'd be mid-table almost, wouldn't they? Uh, well, I wouldn't say mid-table. They'd be above 
teams like Manchester United. I say, right, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, I say yeah. that much. And with the injuries that Spurs have had, they'd be uh, ahead of Spurs. Right. But once Spurs got healthy, yeah. Yeah. Because guess what? Spurs likes to run. And you know what Barcelona cannot do defensively? Run. Or defend. Or def- well, yes. <laughs> or defend, period. Uh, and they haven't been all that great with their possession either, which is their hallmark, is what they do best. Right. That's not quite the case these days. And so if they cannot control the pace of the game and you get in a back and forth, Barcelona are going to have a difficult time. Craig, what position would PSG be in the Premier League? Is that, another que- is that the same question within a question? Yes, there were three different questions and I separated them so we wouldn't get them muddled. <laughs> Look at the disdain when we talk about PSG. <laughs> I don't I mean, PSG... So where would Bayer Leverkusen be? So we've got them third, I think, haven't we? Yeah. Barca... I don't know, PSG... Fifth. I don't know, fifth, fifth. 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 There we go. Right, good. Um, final question. With Chiellini retiring today, have the guys played with someone who is always happy and cheerful no matter what? The opposite. Uh, Chiellini just seemed to always have a smile on his face whenever he was playing. He's very nice when he came yeah. on the show. Do you remember when he came on? Yeah, nice. absolutely. Lovely. Uh, yeah, Chiellini. Yeah, but Kalini is that guy, you know, with the films, the guy who is a uh, assassin. What, what do you say is in English when you you go around and and you have a you have a mission to do something with people. Yeah, uh, and yep. you st- and you still and you still smiling. Uh, so yeah, silent I mean, assassin. Kalini, yeah, exactly. And Kalini is that kind of guy, a fantastic defender, a fantastic ambassador of our sport, and is a, a, a kind of a born winner. But uh, sometimes as a striker, when you play against these smiling defenders, it still hurts. It still hurts. <laughs> ah. When did you come on the show? I must have missed that. You were probably, it was probably a uh, tactical decision. <laughs> Why is he on? <laughs> what do we want to talk to him for? Was it here? Or uh, was it one of these remote? No, it was remote. It was a remote job, yeah. So he wasn't really yeah. on the show, really. You think of everyone on here, Shaka has to be very much yes. in this category. Of what? Of smiling, happy all the time. Look, he's smiling when he collapsed. He's always happy. He's always smiling. Well, he knew he was getting time off. He knew he loves his time off. As he was going down, he went, I've got three months here. Magic, somebody's going to have to cover for me. Oh, and you broke, his, you broke his nose. Exactly. He's fine. We can laugh. You it's broke fine. His nose. Don't worry. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you horrible people. He's all right. Who did you play that was happy all the time? We were all happy. You weren't. We right. were. You know why? Good dressing rooms. Right. Yeah. It's fun to go in. Can much like Man United dressing room. Yeah, I know. Chelsea dressing yeah, room. That's what Stevie always say. Like, successful dressing rooms seem to be happy dressing rooms. Yeah, and I can only imagine going into Chelsea and Man United, two of the big clubs that are just a mismatch of... Yes. Players. But going into good dressing rooms is fun. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just fun to go in every day and train and play. Right. I'm not a naturally happy guy. No, no, that's true. Right. So I don't know that I can actually relate to this, but I would say in the case of Manchester United, if you're indeed a naturally happy guy that is excited about the opportunity yeah. of playing Manchester United, whatever the case may be, you, you, you just like doing what you're doing for a living. How do you feel now? Like, what do you do? You, yeah, but you're kind of going away from... Like, you play with Stuart Holden, and when I've met him, he's been happy, but you seem to want to kick him more than socialise with him. <sighs> because Stuart was annoying. <laughs> Why? Just, because just he was sit, happy. Just sit there and be quiet. No, because he's a younger player. Yeah. Uh, First-year player. Right. And he's like, hey, hey, bouncing off See, the walls. Bouncing off the walls. I don't know. Sit down. I'm not talking to you just yet, because I don't. you don't know if this guy's actually a good player or not. And, and 
I don't relate to the younger guys unless they prove that they can actually do something on the field. And then we oh, can start talking. It's tough. No, can no, that it's part of growing up in a locker room. Can you can you imagine Al when a, when a young kid comes in and smiling, loving his yeah, game, yeah. And, and Al will just slowly tell him, "Stop smiling and produce football." That's what you're going to exactly. do. Here. You're not here to smile. <laughs> no, well, smile when you've earned it. Smile when you've earned it. <laughs> oh, what a lovely. I'll be much smiling tomorrow. <laughs> Why not? What's wrong with tomorrow? Yeah, I've just got bad feeling about it. All right, good. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Oh, yes, we will. Join us. We'll be reflecting on Newcastle against Milan. Plus, Borussia Dortmund against... I'm just going to wear a false nose. Plus, we know who's going to be through to the round of 16. Maybe we'll get Craig's dream draw as well. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'll do it. Perfect.